Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Infinity Bros Podcast, the only podcast that's perfectly balanced, as all things should be. I am your host, Isaac, and we have another special mini-sode here. And I have two other Infinity Bros with me, and they are Robbie. Hello, everyone. And Jared. Hello, friends. And today, we are going to talk about the new Disney Pixar movie, Onward. But first, as is the custom in our uh, mini-sodes, I would like to start the night off with the segment, Get to Know an Infinity Bro. We should come up with a bumper for that. What do you guys think? We should. Get to know an Infinity Bro. Boom. There it is. Segment started right there. That's it. Okay, so... My question for you guys for Get to Know an Infinity Bro is, so we're all under this quarantine. Um, What did you guys do as kids when you were stuck inside? Whether it was like a rainy day or, you know, for whatever reason you guys were were inside. um, What was the thing that you did to pass the time when you were all inside? Robbie, why don't you go ahead and start us off? Okay, so I think me and Jared may have very similar answers here. Um, but I did a lot of like different model kits. So I would do, I think me and my My dad would start with like cars. And then as I got a little older and figured out things that I liked more, I started doing like Zoids. Zoids were like big robotic animals. I had a TV show that were just legit and I loved them. Um, so I always build, I always built those. That was really fun. Had a lot of them. Um, I had a few Gundams that were like. The model kits as well that I put together, and Legos can never go wrong with Legos. So that was that was that. And then by the time I was like old enough to have like an Xbox, it was Halo and Fable. So those are that keep nice. that kept me inside and you know busy. My parents didn't have to worry about what I was ever doing. Side note on that: when when did you guys get your first like game console? We always had a Nintendo. Um, we went Nintendo, skipped a bunch. My brother got a Nintendo 64 when he was in the hospital. And then we went from 64 to I got an Xbox. So first was Nintendo, but Nintendo 64 was the, the long-standing one in our house. Yeah, we had a bunch. And I think like, I don't know, as long as, as far back as I can remember, we've always had something. My dad had an Atari. We had PlayStation, the original PlayStation. We had Sega Genesis. Um, we even picked up like old computers and we played like Ant Simulator and Mega Man and a bunch of those right. games. Right. So, we we had uh, yeah, we had an old computer where we played. Uh, my first game ever was Red Alert. I don't know if anyone knows. Yeah, oh, wow. Command and Conquer Red Alert. Yeah, yeah, I love one. that game. Nice. We didn't have like game consoles at all until I got a Wii. A Wii was the first one we got. Um, but I played a lot of PC games growing up, so that was kind of my go-to gaming rig. Yeah, Jarrett, wh- what did you do on your on your rainy days or your days inside? It's funny because Robbie acts like absolutely nailed it. Um, I used to do model cars with my dad and stuff. Um, I think somebody at one of the churches that we went to gave us a bunch of them, and my dad's a huge collector, so like um, he was super into the idea. So we did model cars. And then, uh, like Robbie, I got a bunch of Zoids as well. In fact, I think I had way too many Zoids. My my dad like really went all out one year, um, 
And so he bought me a bunch of the same Zoid over and over again to use as like the bad guy. Um, so the one I remember assembling the most is like this little, they were like these little slugs whose heads popped open and had these Gatling guns on them. Um, so I used to build those all the time. We'd play video games. As you guys know, like I have a thousand siblings. Um, so we would all like take turns playing video games or playing with Legos or just beating the crap out of each other. Um, so yeah, my childhood is very similar to Robbie's. Nice. I think my first one was definitely computer games. I would just, I would play computer games for as long as I was allowed. Basically I'd be on playing Madden for sure. That was kind of my number one. And I like strategy games too, so like Civilization, which those can suck up hours and hours and hours without even blinking. And uh, let's see, uh, all the backyard sports games, you guys remember yeah, those? Backyard football, baseball. Dude, man, I played the crap out of those games. Those are uh, awesome. Pablo Sanchez? Is that the. Pablo Sanchez. The he's the all star in like every right. sport. Like, you wanted him on your team for every sport. It's nuts. He always reminded me of like the kid that moved to like a new town and no one knew anything about, but then he was like a stud athlete. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's Pablo Sanchez. And then Sanchez. he doesn't. I'm, I'm pretty sure he doesn't even speak English right. in the in no. the games. Like he only speaks he Spanish, either. and you're like, oh, okay, all right. Oh, that's really progressive that's for a game kid. from the '90s or 2000s. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Uh, yeah. So those games definitely like any waking minute that my mom let me, I was playing computer games. So, but other stuff that I did, I actually read books when I was a kid, and I strangely. Not a vibe. Strange, not a vibe. Strangely enough, I read more comics now than I did was when I was a kid. I read like just normal books back then. So yeah, I was I was a weird kid. Yeah, I had no um, access but, to comics. So I think a lot. Yeah, like neither you, did yeah. I. Yeah, yeah, I like read them at the library, but that was pretty much it. So, um, but yeah, and then also one thing that nobody has even really heard of is I played a lot of Stratomatic baseball which is basically like D&D sports pretty much. Like you have dice right. and it's like probability. <laughs> um, everything's based on your dice roll. It's, man, if you guys have not heard of Stratomatic, look it up. It is literally D&D for sports. Um, spent a crap ton of hours playing that when I was a kid, just in my room by myself. Uh, yeah, I was, I was definitely a big nerd back then and still am. But uh, I don't play Stratomatic anymore. I'm going to throw out something here that like I might be the only person who gets these references or maybe somebody listening to the podcast will. But so I, I didn't read a ton of books when I was a kid, but there was two like fantasy series that I went through a ton. One of them was called Del Toro quest. Have you guys ever heard of that? I have not. Okay. It was the story of these kids in this fantasy world trying to collect these magic gems. Anyways, original somebody out there might get that reference. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the other one was called Pendragon. Did you guys ever hear that That sounds more familiar. I think, so the reason I like that one is because we moved a lot when I was a kid. Like, dude, I I went to like 14 or 15 different school districts by the time I graduated. But that seemed to be the book that was on every shelf no matter where I went. And so that was the only one I was able to really work through. So uh, yeah, I didn't read a lot as a kid. But when I was stuck at home, those were the two like series that I, I worked through. Somebody out there got those references, nice. hopefully. Nice. Hopefully somebody Maybe. did. Um, yeah, so uh, if you are listening, why don't you go ahead and let us know 
what you did on your on your quarantine days or rainy days or days where you're stuck at home. Um, next thing we're going to talk about, and this is the main topic of this mini-sode, is Onward, the Disney Pixar movie that just came out uh, this past month. We all watched it on Disney Plus uh, this past weekend. It arrived on Disney Plus on April 3rd, last Friday. And man, we were all just raving about it basically the second we watched it. So we knew that we had to come up with something to do with it. And I just wanted to go over a couple specs here um, for Onward. So basically, it is a kind of set in a fantasy world um, to the just the quick setting is two elven brothers embark on a quest to bring their father back for a day um tom holland chris pratt julia louis dreyfus is that how you say her name octavia spencer she's from uh frazier and 30 rock of that fame yes yes um yeah so some pretty pretty big names star-studded cast if i uh, do say so myself um some some pretty uh definitely a disney friendly cast yes yes absolutely yep um so there's yeah there's definitely a lot of kind of hype built up for this and i think the first trailer came out like last must have been last fall at some point if well it probably would have been last spring actually i remember seeing a trailer for this going to a little kid movie and i was like really excited for it right away yeah it's been hyped up Mm -hmm. for a while yeah, yeah. So, and it was it was kind of yeah it was kind of um, projected to be a pretty good uh, money maker for for Disney, and unfortunately, uh, coronavirus hit our our society, and really, it only got a f- probably a full weekend or maybe two in in the box office before it was kind of fizzled out. Um, just one thing I wanted to point out was that the uh, production budget which Jarrett so kindly uh, bestowed me with before we started here was anywhere from around 175 to 200 million and it looks like the numbers on it right now are at about 104 million that it has made in the box office so unfortunately uh, because of the circumstances it really has not made them money and that is why they I mean it's not making them much more money putting it directly to um, video, but I think they were just trying to get it out there and let people see it basically um, by putting it on on demand. I think it was last Sunday. It was on demand for two weeks. It's been on demand since they closed uh, since they closed theaters. Right, and then on Disney Plus, if you have a Disney Plus subscription for free. Um, on Friday, well, it's not free. You have to pay for the subscription, obviously. But um, seven day free trial, though. Put that to view. Yeah, there you go. Or free you could if watch you have Verizon for for free. If you haven't used it for the Mandalorian, true, true, yeah. true, true. Uh, Check it out and now. on April third, last Friday, um, again. So we all watched it and thought it was fantastic. So the first thing I'm going to ask you guys, uh, why don't you just give us? This is a full spoiler review by the way so if you have not seen onward definitely go check that out before uh listening to this uh minisode um and i'll put that spoiler bumper right here this is prepare yourself at infinity bros prepare yourself spoiler warning 
And then uh, you might want to check out our rating system, which if you have not listened to us before, you'll definitely need to know. So I'll put that bumper right here. Here on the Infinity Bros podcast, everything is ranked from a zero to six point scale. Zero meaning horrible and six meaning absolutely excellent. If all of the Infinity Bros rank something a six, it gets an infinity step. So, guys, let's just get into it now. You don't have to hold back. You can spoil whatever you want. Um, tell us just a quick review and your rating of Onward. What, Jarrett, why don't we start with you? Okay, so um, I loved this movie, and I think a lot of the people that have given it negative reviews are kind of kind of smashing it for being a little bit sanitized or like a very simplistic idea of a hero's journey but I think it's done so well and it's such an emotional piece um and kind of got me in ways that I didn't even expect like sure a little bit of it was predictable but then they hit you with such things that like you didn't really catch um and I think the way that it was crafted was such a good story um obviously you guys know that we're all family men here uh all of us have kids and so to see the way that this played out and the really intimate side of this relationship that the brothers build and that they have with their dad and with their mom as well. And um, even the whole, all the beats that they have with the mom, just really rooting for her son um, and for her two sons. And then um, it's such a good story. And I think in a time when we need some positivity, we need some um, reminder that like we can get through anything with the power of uh, relying on each other and the relationships that we build along the way and having family there for us in times of crisis. Uh, I, I think this couldn't have come at a better time. And it's it's just a really fun adventure too, right? Like it's not just serious. It's not just heavy, although those nice emotional beats are there. Um, it was a really nice fun romp. And like my kids went nuts for all the different scenes of the action and the magic and, and wonder. And I just think it's I, – I love this movie. And I think I would give it maybe a – five and a half infinity stones out of six because it's not perfect but it's it's dang good and this will live on uh this will live on my playstation for quite some time very nice uh robbie why don't you go ahead yeah echoing a lot of things Jarrett said um i yeah same i didn't expect it to be as emotional in parts as it was and i was kind of surprised when i heard isaac you were like i cried during this and i was like you cried during it and i was like am i not that emotional it's like Okay, so then that was before I'd even watched it. So then we, I think we were we were watching it at like the same time, but you had finished like an hour earlier or something like that. Yeah, it seemed it seemed like we were watching pretty much at the same time because yeah, you you definitely were like responding to stuff I was putting in there like right away. So and I was cool. like, I must not have gotten, I, I must have not gotten to those emotional moments yet. So I was like, so far I'm just having fun. Like this is a fun little uh, uh, brother brother adventure story that we're getting. Um, and I I really enjoyed it that way, and I think that's the big message of the movie. If you don't have a parent around for whatever reason, or if your parent even is around but is distant, like if you have brothers or sisters or or a mom or whatever that's there with you, like there are people there supporting you no matter what um, what things you think you're lacking. I guess, um, and I guess that echoed heavily with me. I have three older brothers. And a dad who who was around while I was in while I was a kid, but like now that I look back and think on it, was I was like, was he really around all that much? Like, who really raised me? When I look back at it, it's like my my mom and my brothers really raised me. When I think about it, um, 
<clears throat> and yeah, so that actually that hit pretty deep. Um, I I only have one really big gripe with the movie, and and that's why I'm not giving it a six. I'm giving it a five point five, just like Jared did. And my one gripe is that. So we're doing a spoiler. So the dad, the dad gets you know fully grown. I don't know how you say it. He comes back fully or whatever, and the older brother gets to see him. But it's like this whole movie we've been thinking about the younger brother getting to see him. And I know they have that moment like where his like they went through all he checked he checked all the boxes that his brother did with him or whatever. And I was like, yeah, that's really touching. But the kid could only see his father like 20 feet away and didn't even get a chance to like hug him. <laughs> and I'm just like, just let him hug him. Like run him, let him run up there, give him a hug. And then he like fades into dust, like something. I don't know. For, I don't know why that bothered me a little bit, but that that's really the only thing that keeps it away from a six for me. Just a, a selfish want. I get the impact of it, but I, I can't give it a six. I think that's fair. And I think that leaves room for like, um, maybe some potential for a sequel. I, I really hope that the limited success in the box office and them not making their money back doesn't prevent a sequel from happening. Um, I was frustrated with that too, and I think Christian was as well. But hopefully that's something that they can kind of um, revisit in the sequel there, maybe give him another opportunity to meet with his dad. It did feel like a really weird beat, and I know they set it up the way they did, but yeah, you're 100% right. That was kind of odd. Well, like, you know, you know they could do so many things, like... First of all, it's Disney, so they can do whatever they want. But now you you have an entire fantasy world. Like, you can do a lot with that, especially with magic and all of that. So they're they're set up nicely, and I think I really want to know what the Disney numbers are going to be, and like how many streams this movie is going to get just in the first week. Because you know Disney will be like, well, if if this many people watched it this time, our projected numbers for what it should have made are going to be this. Like, they're they'll probably make their money back on the movie just because it's you know they already made half of it back from the box office they'll make a bunch of it back from marketing after all the kids are at home watching this movie because kids are at home watching movies right now like there's nothing else to do like they'll make their money back but i i could definitely see them doing more with these characters and do you think i mean it's it's maybe a little different just because it's on Disney Plus now, but do you think people are more apt to buy it on demand now that they can't see stuff in theaters? Like that was kind of one thing that I was like, oh, maybe people will buy it. I know Scott Higa that was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, he said he bought it right when it went on demand just to kind of support the, you know, on demand kind of movement or whatever that was happening. Um, do you think that's a thing that more people are buying on demand because of this? No, because I, I don't think anyone's feeling bad for Disney, if I have to be honest. Like Well, I don't think I don't think feeling bad for Disney is what he, he meant it as, but just like kinda to, you know, support uh not support Disney, but just support the idea the movie of movie industry. You know, really. movies right. Yeah, the movie industry basically. I I I get that aspect of it. Um and Jerry, you can talk after this. I guess I guess the only what they shouldn't have done is said, hey, it's coming out in two weeks. Because if they don't say that, I was ready to buy it. Like, True. That's I was, true. I, I told Jessica, like, we're going to buy this whenever it comes out. And then I got the news that, oh, it's going to be on Disney Plus in two weeks. I was like, oh, okay. I'm just going to wait. Like, if I didn't know it was coming out that early, I would have bought that. Yeah, that was our thing as well. As like, I think Christian and I both considered picking it up. And then um, at the same time that they said they were releasing it early, 
uh, digitally to buy. They said that they would have it in a couple of weeks in uh, Disney Plus, and we're like, we're already paying for Disney Plus. It doesn't really make sense to buy this as well. Um, and I, they said on Disney Plus that they're going to have a rotating catalog, but this is such a new product that I doubt they would rotate it out anytime soon. Um, so like maybe when that happens, we buy it digitally, but yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat as you where like, I, I definitely would have picked this up otherwise. I think I might've as well. And now that I've seen it, I, I almost might buy it anyways, because I thought it was fantastic as well. So I, again, I was like ranting and raving about this. The second that I watched it, um, this is like, I think Jarrett, you said it before. It's kind of simple, but I think that almost adds to it. Like there's so many movies with such high stakes. It was such a nice like refresher that there was just like personal stakes in this one. You know, it wasn't like this, these guys are going on this quest to save the world. It was, they were going on a quest to, um, you know, for themselves so they could get to know or get to see their dad one time, you know? So that was kind of a cool thing that I enjoyed about it. And, you know, it's not the funniest, like, Pixar or Disney movie out there. It's not the, you know, overall best Pixar movie out there. But, man, I I thoroughly enjoyed this. And I think I've mentioned many times on the podcast that I think once I became a dad, I was just broken in terms of movie viewing because I don't think <laughs> I, sh- I don't think I shed a single tear watching a movie before I became a dad. And now it's like every other movie I watch, I'm, like, crying for some reason so this movie did get me in a couple spots and we'll we'll talk a little bit about that later but um i think another thing that added to the emotional aspect of it was just being a dad and you guys can obviously attest to that like this this was so personal and you know some boys getting to hopefully get to know their dad a little bit that it just it just added to the emotional aspect of it for me um, so this movie was fantastic. I loved it. I will give it a six out of six. Um, it was something that I would even consider buying right now. And even if I wasn't before, before I saw it, like now that I've seen it, wow, I was, I was thoroughly impressed with it. Uh, Disney Pixar did a fantastic job on this and I love the fantasy like world that they build. And they even throw a couple like D and D, you know, references in there, which I'm I'm a D and D noob. Gosh, there's so many D. There's so it many was D&D so it was so awesome. I I absolutely loved it. So um so I gave it a six out of six. Guys, let's talk a little bit about the movie itself. Um, just because this is a mini sode, we'll keep it a little bit short. We won't go step by step through the movie. But what uh, parts stuck out to you? Like, what were your favorite parts throughout the movie? I think before we like before I jump into some of the more specific stuff, I just wanted to give a shout out to like all the incredible Easter eggs in this. Um, the whole thing is a big homage to D and D and like a very fun way for somebody like me, who's been, you know, steeped in that for so long. Like even uh, Guinevere, his van is named after one of the most famous D and D characters, which is uh Dritz pet tiger or pet um, black Panther Guinevere. And I thought that was so cool to see. They had the gelatinous cube. They had all that. But even if you look closely, so so I had to rewatch it today because I was like, man, there was so much in the first watch through that I want to go back and like make sure I didn't miss anything. And if you look closely, I noticed this originally in the first watch through, and then I kind of p- picked out more details over time. But if you look at Barley's jacket on the back, he has the Phoenix emblem from the Phoenix Saga with the X-Men. 
And then I was like, wow, that's kind of odd. And then if you look closer on the front of his jacket, he has Hydra and he has the red skull and he has the infinity gauntlet. And there's so many little Easter eggs that they hid in there that like on the surface, this is a very sanitized and clean movie uh, to the point where like a lot of the critics were saying that it's oversimplified. I think that's fine. I think it's great. I think it's not every movie has to be high stakes like Isaac said, but I think to make something like that and then put such so much love and passion into the way that you craft it with the lore and with all the Easter eggs in it, like, holy cow, it was so nice to see. Just a little, I the one thing that I like really got a chuckle out of D and D wise was when they were like at the bridge and they were like, he was trying to, uh, Ian, the main character was trying to cast the spell and Barley, his brother, just laughs at him and said, don't you know that that only has a 15-meter range? Mm-hmm. Like, that was just that was just that a was really hilarious. funny part that I was, I was like, oh, my gosh, that's hilarious. Um, but, yeah, I, I think, I mean, again, this this part, these, excuse me, this movie um, just hit me in a couple emotional spots. And the number one spot that I, like, was tearing up, and I was like, okay, I might lose it here, I might lose it, was the very end when um, – Ian, it was more actually when Ian was realizing that his brother had played the part in raising him um, almost in place of his dad. It wasn't necessarily the last part, like you guys already mentioned, where he doesn't get to see his dad. That was super sad, too. But no, when the he's check realizing, yeah. right, when he's checking off the list that Barley did all this stuff with him, and that part was just like, oh my gosh, oh, I, I, here they come the tears are coming i I don't know if i can stop them uh that part was really just powerful uh to me especially since like they both think you know they're not going to get to see their dad and it was just like just just hit me right in the feels and then another part was um when they're riding the cheeto um and he he starts to like i don't know they're just like bonding and connecting at that point and Ian is starting to trust Barley more instead of, you know, just kind of shrugging him off as his older brother that's super weird and stuff like that. And he finally, like, just kind of lets go of all of his, like, judgments against his brother and just, like, starts to actually trust him as a friend and as a brother. And so that part was just really, really powerful for his, me as well. But I just, yeah, there's just the bonds that uh, Ian and Barley just create in this movie. And side note, like, did it, did this movie strike you guys as like the dude version of frozen? Like frozen <laughs> is two yeah. sisters and kind of the shtick in frozen is the true love between them instead of, you know, towards other guys. And in this one, I kind of was like, oh, it's kind of obviously set up differently and a different story. Uh, no, but, no, I'm not buying that. But it's because <laughs> Frozen 2, love, Anna's like, you know? Anna's like all about other dudes. Like, oh, well, yeah, yeah. Like, but constantly. I don't, it was, it was different, obviously. There's no, there's no like love interest in this, in this movie necessarily. But uh, I just thought it was interesting that there was some, some parallels between uh frozen and you know disney's like thinking outside the box this one of you guys mentioned like this is not necessarily a predictable movie like i I went into it not knowing what the heck we were gonna expect and like i just was captivated the whole time because i didn't know what was coming next uh so that was another part that that i thought was really interesting to me was that i just i just didn't know what to expect and it kept me guessing the whole time I think another aspect of this movie that I really enjoyed is 
And you kind of hit on it with when Barley's kind of leading Ian along and Ian's kind of figuring out like, okay, I can actually trust Barley. He kind of knows what he's talking about. Another part of that is that that Barley is actually doing that for other people as this entire story goes along. So it starts with the manticore. He talks to her about like what she used to be kind of thing. And then she kind of realizes it. And she's like looking at herself in the face like, what am I doing? I need to you know be a warrior or whatever you know she sets fire to her own place and then it's the do they call them fairies or pixies okay yeah the pixies so he's like he's like and he's little when he's doing it. he's like but you guys can fly what are you like why are you guys riding motorcycles and that's another like little funny aspect and then obviously you see at the end of the movie they're all flying around like that's how they get around now and then obviously ian but then the last one is a uh, bronco <laughs> with the, the the centaur uh his mom's boyfriend thingamajig and when he takes his little hat off and uh, he has the fabio hair going that was great and yeah that's another just just a fun little aspect that uh, it's not it's not like it's hard to see but like it's in there where barley is what barley loves is is you know spreading to these other people and they're kind of realizing oh maybe i should be what I meant to be, not what, you know, I'm supposed to be in the new society that we're in or whatever. I don't know. That's a little, I guess that's maybe a little deeper. Um, yeah. But no, yeah, it's just, I just, I just love that about Barley because Barley's not afraid to be who he is. And it seems like other people are picking up on that same kind of trend. That that was my whole takeaway from this too, is like, Barley is unashamedly Barley. Um, in the beginning, he's encouraging his mom to be a warrior, and then he's encouraging Ian to do all these things. And like his whole character journey, his whole life revolves around his fascination with history and this game that he plays and all this. And so you would think that the moment that he finds out magic is real and these this wizard staff belonged to his dad, right? When the spell doesn't work for him, you can clearly see how devastated he is by this. And, and when Ian picks up, uh, the gem and the staff and he begins to do magic like that should be a moment that would be so incredibly crushing to him like this is his entire life stream and instead you see how passionate and excited he is he he says like oh my gosh my brother's a wizard yeah yeah that was awesome and like not even a hint of doubt in his mind like his love for his brother and, and throughout this whole thing like the fact that when when Ian doubted himself to be able to stop the police officers by crushing the boulders with that spell, um, he didn't hesitate. There wasn't a moment in his mind where he's like, all right, this is it. We're done. He immediately goes over. Like, there's not a single space there where he thinks about it. And he sends Guinevere off to basically it's death to go crash into the side of this this mountain. And I just think that, like, obviously Ian gets his day in the sun, right? And I think the character journey that he takes there is great. But a lot of people are going to miss how amazing Barley's character is and even Laurel, the mom, and, and Manticore and her finding herself and her strength again. Like it, That's why I say, like, yes, this is maybe on the surface a very simple movie, but there's so many undertones and character stories that are going on here that are maybe easily missed that are just so well-developed and deep. And I think this is a good well to draw from. And it was a good second and third watch. When I think that... I think reasons. that's why a character like Barley is going to resonate a lot with like basically our type of people like Yumi Isaac, the infinity bros. Like we all have like our geeky niches, you know? Yeah, <clears throat> and it's yeah. like the character Barley is going to resonate with us. It's like, that's us. Like, and that, in yeah. obviously like the whole geek culture is getting more popular. Like it's not nearly as like, you know, 
Yeah, as it was, you know, 20 years ago. So, like, a lot of people are coming out and doing that. But, like, we're all becoming, like, barley now. And we have our things that we're unashamedly, like, passionate for. And I think that's why, like, Barley was so excited when his brother can do magic. So, it's like, if, like, if Jarrett, when you finally got me and Isaac playing magic, you're not mad that we're playing magic. Like, you're mad that we're playing magic with you. You know, <clears throat> like yeah. it's kind of that same aspect. Like, sure, he can't he can't do the magic, but the guy he's with all the time can do magic, and he gets to go on a journey yeah. with him. So I don't. It's and it's his brother. Yeah, that yeah, he, and it's his brother. That he loves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely awesome. Um, so just a quick wrap up. Um, does this movie crack your guys's top five or top ten? Disney slash Pixar movies. Are we talking like animated or are we talking Disney Disney Pixar? Pixar. Yeah, Disney Pixar. I would say I mean I'd have to go back and look at yeah. but yeah, top, probably top ten for say. sure. I think it'd probably be top five because I, I feel like I could watch this movie over and over and over again and not get really bored of it. Whereas when my kid wants to watch Toy Story or Frozen, I don't want to watch Toy Story or Frozen again. Or Cars. Or any of those. Like, so yeah, I could, I think this is a top five for me. Yeah, this is very in my wheelhouse too. Like all the D&D references and stuff and just the story of the brotherhood and, and, and whatnot. I think this cracks top five right. for sure. Yeah, I think definitely cracks top five for me as well. We'll have to do an official top five maybe on our next uh, next podcast. I think, have we done a Pixar top five? I feel like we've done that. We probably have on the, in, on the Off Topic Gamers. gamers yeah, yeah, but I don't think we have for Infinity Bros. Yeah, if you if you guys haven't heard that, check that out. We have a YouTube, uh, the Infinity Bros. We used to be called the Off Topic Gamers, and we used to do kind of a podcast while we were playing games that was really difficult. But we <laughs> did do a lot of top fives, and I think that might have been one of our top fives. Um, so you can check out our YouTube page for that. Um, yeah, thank you guys so much. Any last thoughts on uh, Onward before before we close off the show? You could. It would cost you more to go to the theater for one person than it would just to buy Disney Plus. So go get Disney Plus and go watch Amen. Onward and all the other great content that's on there. Amen to that, brother. Yeah, go check it out while you can. Um, uh, watch it with family and watch it often. I think this is a great movie and I think it should not be slept on. I totally agree with both of these guys. Great movie. Check it out on Disney Plus streaming now. We're like a ad for Disney Plus. Uh, or buy yeah, it on demand. You can still buy it on demand. Yeah, you can, you can rent still it buy from it on demand, Amazon Prime for, sure. for five ninety nine, which I don't know who would true, ever do that, true. but it's an option. If you were gonna rent it on Amazon for five ninety nine, you might as well pay the extra two bucks, get Disney Plus for a month, and then cancel your subscription because then you can watch so much other crap. Um, yeah, so, uh, definitely awesome movie. Very highly recommended by all Infinity Bros. And I believe Max said it had a high, very high, uh, review of it as well. Um, so definitely check out Onward. Um, okay, so just a couple housekeeping things. Uh, congratulations to Matt Crumbly on Twitter. He won our podcast, uh, t-shirt giveaway. Uh, 
definitely keep listening because we're going to have more of those. Uh, keep listening through the whole episode because you never know when we're going to give away a t-shirt. We're not going to give away a t-shirt today because I'm actually going to be giving away a t-shirt tomorrow in our Twitch stream. Speaking Ooh. of Twitch, check us out on twitch.tv slash the underscore infinity underscore bros. Getting a bunch more infinity bros involved there. Jarrett and Robbie both stream. Max even streamed some Kingdom Hearts today. So definitely looking to kind of expand that area. You can also check us out on our socials on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and even on TikTok. That's right. We have a TikTok. Um, yeah. So thank you so much for listening to the Infinity Rose podcast. We think we really appreciate all of our listeners. We love you guys 3000 and we hope that you keep listening and check us out. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Infinity Bros Podcast. You can find the Infinity Bros on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Infinity Bros. Feel free to send listener feedback via email at infinitybrospodcast at gmail.com. <laughs>